Welcome to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, where our goal is to connect listeners to the great outdoors with hosts Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. I'm host Ben Brandell, owner of Meant to Be Outdoors, instructor of outdoor skills, and passionate about personal growth. I'm host Brian Hoffmeyer, wildlife biologist and avid outdoorsman. Welcome back to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast. I'm your host Brian with my co-host Ben, and today's episode is titled Uncivilizing. We are talking about uncivilizing your children by taking them camping. We had the blessing of taking our sons camping recently. Thought it would be a great episode to talk about the value of getting your kids out of the house and spending some nights in the great outdoors. Before we get in, we need to give thanks. I'm thankful that we are able, uh, not just as men, but as men, women, kids, no matter where you're at in life, that you have an opportunity to progress, to progress. And it's something Brian and I have been talking about, I don't know, the last several months about, um, I think it was a sermon that you listened to, Brian, but um, how progress is, is actually what we're all like seeking and, and searching for because as we're in progress, it feels good. Um, you know, I've always thought like we got to find purpose, but I think your purpose is in progress. And I think the definition of progress is is if you're going to look this up, it, it isn't as clear as what I thought it would when I first looked it up. But progress is the process of gradually improving or getting near to achieving or completing something. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you're at in life, like if you can step back and see that progress is being made, it feels good. And then when you feel good, you can do good, I right. think. So I'm just thankful for progress that um, we can – we have the opportunity to put ourselves in position. Uh, positions of progress and then if we're not in progress then we're probably feeling miserable and so being able to step back from that and being like what or where can I go to to be able to start having some yeah. progress self-reflection looking in the mirror that may be where you start yeah. Yeah. Whether, whether that's in relationships in your life or Any, your, your yeah. business or emotional yeah physical mm-hmm. business family um, yeah physical that's a good point think about people who start that that workout or fitness journey like when you see results you see progress there is joy, there is happiness there because of that. And I want to be clear, it wasn't from a sermon. So oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think there is biblical precedence for the the talk of progress. Uh-huh. It was actually a panel of billionaires oh, that's being right. interviewed. Yep. Yep. And the the questions that were being posed to them were like, you guys have it all. How do you, are you happy? How do you still happy? And their answer was, look, even if we didn't have money, what brings us joy? All of them unanimously were like, it is progress. Once you stop making progress, if you're at a point of, of being stagnant, you lose your joy in life. You, you you lose that happiness. They were stating they find happiness in progress. For a Christian, the biblical precedence for that that I see immediately would be we are called to become more like Christ our entire time on earth. Our journey, our relationship with Christ is to become more like him. He changes our hearts and makes us more like him every day through the trials and tribulations that we go through as we are making that progress, coming more like our creator, created in his image. There is joy that comes from that. We feel that even though there's pain and hurt that we have to go through, there's still joy because we're coming more like our Lord and Savior. Yeah, that's, well, you're improving. Mm Mm-hmm. You can only improve in Him. Um, and I think the natural processes and the processes that we find within our businesses, organization, companies, um, I, I still think they're God-given. Like, if if it's working, if it's flowing correctly, you know, you can't – you can put a circle into a square hole, but how you get it in there is going to be really, really difficult, right? You better so, have a big hammer. Big hammer. <laughs> um, 
But if you want it to flow efficiently, like I think those are God designed processes. And when we discover them, man, you see progress and it feels good. Talking processes. That's where my thanks comes in. Really? I am thankful for the God created process of the whitetail rut. Ooh. We are right in it right now. This week and next week really is the peak whitetail rut. It is such a fun, exciting time of the year to be out in the forest, to be out on the land. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to see uh, from bucks fighting, bucks chasing does. Everything happens so quick. You could be taking a nap about dozed off, and then, then here comes just this crashing through yeah. the woods. And it is an exciting time and uh, spending some time out there. Looking forward to spending the next several days out there. Oh, yeah. Really exciting. And I'm thankful for that process of the breeding season of the white-tailed deer and that we get to go enjoy it as hunters. Have you ever shared, do we know why they called it rut, R-U-T, rut? Anybody know why? No, it's just Sounds the time. better than tur. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yeah. why they call it the rut. Well, that's that's what it is as the, the boys are chasing the girls. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is a fun time of year. So we've been having some fun with our kids kind of leading up to, to hunting season and, and getting into these months and weeks where it's going to be much colder. We had forecasted a very warm weekend a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, before a big cold front hit, and we wanted – we hadn't taken our kids camping yet this year. Mm-mm. We wanted to get out. So we had to pivot. We had a plan to take our boys, our your oldest, Bodie, yeah. yes. who's eight, my yeah. oldest, Hayes, who's five. Um, we're going to take them camping. We wanted to take give them a new adventure and take them trout fishing and go camp at one of our state parks. Thought, oh, it's the it's late fall. We'll be able to get in. We called like four or five days before. And they almost laughed at us like, uh, we're full. They yeah. have three campgrounds packed at the state park. Packed three. Out. They were packed out. It's crazy. We got on their waiting list and waited till the very last day um, to make our decision where we were going. They never called us off their waiting list. So we had to pivot. And we decided to go to uh, a place in Arkansas that I used to go as a kid, camping with my family and friends, really liked it, hadn't camped there in a long, long time. Um, and they had a lot of availability, mm-hmm. I think, because it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It is. It's kind of hard to get to. Kind of I mean, hard to get to. Just, yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Uh, so we, we drove down. It, it was a little further away. We drove down and, and spent one night. We wanted to spend two nights, but I had some obligations and some commitments at church. So we just kept it to one night, which is fine for the boys. Like just just getting them out, letting them have uh, that one night away from home. There's value to that, and that's really what we're going to talk about today. Is is the value of taking your kids camping? You know, the value for me. There's a lot that can be accomplished in just a one night experience, right, away from home, um, and maybe not even away from home. Just maybe outside of the home, you know. And the value from there's a lot of values actually. Well, I can't just spending name time outdoors is so valuable. Yeah. But adding in camping, like especially camping, adding in staying the night, like fully living your life for a day, two, three, four, however many you're able to endure, not sleeping in your own bed, not brushing your teeth at your sink. There's a lot, a lot to be learned from that. It is, and and I think when we talked about progress, or when I was talking about progress, I think. You just need to pick whatever starting point you want. It may be 
one night maybe in the back of the truck, right? But it may be in the tent. It may be in the back. It may be this this one place. But I think for me as, as my kids, when you said we haven't went camping yet this year, we hadn't. You know, in the years past, we have camped before, but we could have easily just, just went the easy route and said, yeah, let's just do it in our own backyard this yeah. time. But we've already done that. Or, let's, you know what, we're too busy this year. Let's do it next year. Let's do it next year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so because we truly believe there's a value in it, we have to purposefully well, be intentional. Yeah. We, we have to pick a date and go. Yep. And that's what we ended up. We did it late, but we ended up, we did it and we got it done. We made it happen. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest reasons, I mean, it's probably the most uh, obvious reason, but there really is a lot of truth if you stop and think about it for a second. The biggest reason to take your kids camping, it's fun. It is fun. It's fun. And, and, and kids are Always, like, what? What's the quote about uh, uh, play for play is a child's love language? Get them out and let let them go play and just have fun, mm-hmm. especially when it's in the outdoors. Let them have new experiences. We get into these routines. We do the same thing over and over and over again. I just had a talk with my son the other day. Like, they have more at the age of their life that they're in than I ever had when I was a kid. Right, yeah. And they kind of were like in this moment of like, Dad, is this all we're going to do again? Like, we're just going to, we're going to ride bikes and shoot baskets and and we're just going to do this again? And I'm like, listen, fellas, I know this is what we do every day, but this is, this is awesome that you get to do this. Not everybody does. I didn't. But once we get into these routines, breaking, we, we need to break out of them like, almost for our mental health to be stimulated, even if it's a regression to maybe you're using a, a five, maybe somebody has, their child has a four-wheeler that costs $4,000 and they get to use it every day. Well, eventually it's just the routine and mm-hmm. they get bored. Maybe just taking a hike that costs nothing down a trail is now exciting for them because it's new and it's different. Yeah, yeah. or use your four-wheeler to load it up with your camping supplies and drive it down to the campsite and camp yeah. I mean, it goes back to the, honestly, the progress side. What was the opposite of progress? You said it just uh, in the beginning. Uh, I said stagnant. Stagnant. I, I so, guess the opposite of progress would be regression. Could be, but yeah. But stagnant would be that middle neutral ground of I'm just here. I'm not really going anywhere. Yeah. And I think, I, I even think that's why we get bored with having a folder and using it over and over again. You you may lose that forward movement, that progress that you might see. And so when you get become stagnant in that, it's like, what's new? What's next? And so it's just like camping for me. Like camping isn't wouldn't be fun for me if I went and did it every night. That would just right. be your normal place of Well, you've sleep. lived that. You've what, yes. ten, 10 weeks in a row, yeah, few years so in a row. As a you've... summer camp director, we would I'd run a 10-week summer camp, and we stayed out with kids every night. I mean, it's, yeah. we had our own tents, of course, but um, if we expected them to be out there, then we had to be out there. I'm, I'm guessing after about the second or third night, it probably wasn't much fun anymore. You know – it was so busy, so much responsibility, so much weight that you were so exhausted by the end of the day. I'm talking physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, I would say that this is the experiences I had are what you might experience in in the army without ever going to war. Right. You know what I mean? Like the bonds, the um, camaraderie that you would have between you and your staff and, and you became friends and, and relationships were, were built there. But 
you were so exhausted that when you got into the tent, you didn't care. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like camping. Like yeah. you were so tired. There were nights that I had a, a reclined chair, like a camping chair. I laid in that thing and I slept in it all night. Like you literally could have laid down anywhere and crashed out. Right. Because you were that exhausted. And not to get into that that deep of a talk in this camping experience, but I'm telling you, if if people in America would go out and, and experience that sort of progress, you would sleep better. Um, you have that purpose, you know, and, and it's focused. You're not just sitting there worried about me, me, me. And yeah. you would go to sleep and you would wake up and, and you'd have to start your day. Mm-hmm. And so in that camping experience, when we go out and have these these little overnights with our kids, like it is more enjoyable for me because there really isn't any stress in this. However, because people haven't experienced maybe ever, they've never taken their kids out camping, I'm there's going to be some stress and anxiety, and, and yeah. it's going to feel like work to them. It's that stretch zone that we talk about. Everybody's going to be learning if it's not comfortable for you. Absolutely. But the only way to make it comfort is, is to go start it and do you gotta it. you got to go do it. Yeah. you got to go yeah. do it. But you probably really learned to appreciate your bed at home when you're oh. spending all that time out. And that that is one of the things that kids are going to get out of camping. Yes, it is fun, but it it isn't home. It isn't as comfortable to sleep. Right. You're the air is whatever temperature it is. You don't get to adjust it. There's mosquitoes. There's all kinds of factors in the outdoors. So taking kids camping really teaches them to appreciate what they have oh, at home. It does. And I'm going to tell you, here's a tip. Like, if you're only going to do an overnight, if you're just going to take your kids or family out overnight, um, they're not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be fun. It's it's. It, let me say it this way. It takes three days for me. This is something I learned when, when camping so much. It takes three days before you kind of get to this sense of, oh, oh, yeah, I am dirty. Mm-hmm. Like, it takes three days. The second day is usually my most painful. So if you're just going out one night, you're going to have fun, um, but it's not going to be comfortable like it is at home. Your second night of being out, you're starting to feel it a little more in your body. And then... By day three, you're used to this feeling of my hands are gross, my hair is gross. Um, and then by day four, it becomes just this almost norm right. of like, oh, I'm, yeah, I got to get up and do my routine. And, and I hope that makes sense. Like if you're just going to go out and do one night camping, it's a lot of work because yeah. you have brought all this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go through it, like we did just do one night because that's all the time we yeah, had. Yeah, but we kept saying, "Man, I wish we just had one just more had night." One because more night. however much work you put in yes. to one night, it's the same amount of work that you put into two or three nights. Correct. So by yeah, like if as much food as we packed, honestly, you and I for our kids, we could have done an easy three nights. Yeah, easy. Yeah, could have stretched even more than that. So the work that it put into doing one night could definitely knock out three, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then by that day three, day four, the things that, that you felt were uncomfortable start becoming comfortable, and that's what I mean. So when you go out and camp one night, it's going to be uncomfortable, right. period, because you're not used to really anything other than your home. But it can get your kids thinking, and, and I'm, I'm going to use a real example of something that happened to us. Like It can get your kids thinking and learning to appreciate little things. And, and here's an example for you. The in the Ozarks, when you're tent camping, 
it's tough because there's not a lot of flat places where we live. You're right. Especially when you drive down into northern Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Like, there's <laughs> it's just mountainous. There's not a lot of flat places. We were actually looking at the GIS images of the campground we were going to, trying to pick a campsite that had some flat spots. And that was even really difficult. It was, yeah. We picked one, and praise the Lord, there was a little bit of flat. What you can do is always the driveways usually like where your vehicles you can always just put your tent the up concrete pads. on the concrete pad yeah um but we were we were putting them in the grass here and you got to make sure whatever park you go to that they allow you to to be able to camp on the grass some right. places don't allow you so yeah and there's limits oh you can only have two tents per campsite that kind of thing yep you obviously need to follow those rules and regulations read those as you reserve your campsite but the campsite that we got fortunately it had a flat tish area mm-hmm. uh, one pretty flat spot and another another spot that was flat enough to put a tent and so Hayes and I oriented our tent to where our head would be uphill on the just it was a slight 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 grade and he was so excited to sleep in the tent he got a new sleeping pad he absolutely loves sleeping in sleeping bags like he thinks it's the coolest thing ever sometimes he has to get them out at the house and so just that change alone, getting to sleep in a sleeping bag, just so excited to crawl into that thing at night. But because of the slight grade and him being small and the slick sleeping bag, he kept slowly sliding down mm-hmm. <laughs> towards one of the tent. Mm-hmm. And so he had a hard time falling asleep, even though he was really tired and had stayed up way, way later than he normally does at home. Because he kept sliding down, and I'd have to, I'd grab the head of his sleeping bag, and I'd grab him, and I'd slide him back up to the top of his sleeping pad. At home, your bed's flat. You don't ever, it's not even anything you would ever consider. So unless you go camping, it seems silly, kids don't even learn the value of sleeping on a flat spot. That's good. I bet you he'll never forget that again. And if we stopped and thought and made a list, there are little examples of like that all day long, like, how many times you wash your hands. You don't realize how many times you wash your hands, especially when you're cooking. Yes. I mean, not to be able to just right there wash your hands, super easy. Wash your hands when you eat. Having clean utensils every single time you need to clean utensil. Having a drawer full of all that. Like, you take those things for granted because we just have it every day. If you go camp, now kids are learning like, oh, wow, that, that stuff's really important. God has blessed us with very comfortable lives in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. And you go camping, you get a little taste of what it would be like without all those blessings and comforts of home. Yeah, here's the one thing for me that that every time I go out, I have to like recondition my brain. Like I, I have to process through it is a clean place to set your stuff down. And so like, you know, you may be going to these campsites that have picnic tables and, and yeah. things to hang your trash. But when you start looking around like, when you have your your sandwich in your hand, where are you putting it? Did you bring a plate? Are you just setting it down? But then the harder part, like when you're actually preparing meals and things that you would do at home, like, you know, you'll normally take your spoon that you have and you're mixing your mac and cheese. Well, when you take it out, where are you setting it down at? Because if you're putting it right on the ground, now it's covered in leaves and sticks and dirt. Like, yeah. it's it's really hard to get your brain wrapped around in that moment when you're living, well, a week long, you mm-hmm. know? How am I keeping my stuff clean in the moment that I have it? Am I holding on to it? Am I using my <laughs> Yeah. It, it's just it's really tricky. We are so comfortable of we have countertops, 
We have tabletops that are clean that we can set stuff down on them and pick them up and go, go, go. Like you can easily begin to be so thankful about what you have the longer that you spend out in the outdoors and especially camping. Yeah, everything's harder. Everything's more difficult. It is. You know, a a takeaway for me for for Bodie and, you know, when I say takeaway, it's it's making the memories with him. That is another benefit to going out and taking – my kid camping, the memories that we got to make together. You know, it was cool to go with you and your son. Um, I think there's more learning that can take place when you have multiple people Um, because my son gets to watch your son, and as he's asking questions and how you answer them, and then then the same on the the flip side. Um, Having a flashlight of a night was a memory that I think not only did he learn, but he'll take away, like, I gave him a flashlight to use, but if they don't hold on to their flashlights, then when they <laughs> need them, he didn't always keep the best track of that flashlight. No, you know, like, so like hanging on your neck, hanging on your neck, yeah. you know. And those are just learning opportunities that that as a father, as a mother, and when you're out there and you're you're trying to raise your kids, like use those opportunities to teach them. That's mm. that's when they can learn, and it's not just I'm going into my room and flipping my light switch on, right? You know? Well, and there's all the lessons that they can learn and the little nuances of, yeah, sleeping on flats really important, K- keeping track of my flashlight. All those things are awesome to learn, but just the skills. I mean, we teach survival all the time, food, fire, shelter, water. But to have to go out and actually do and think about those things because you're camping, they can gain and learn those skills and see, them, see you putting them to use and help them put them to use right there. And we talk about, in past episodes, in theory versus in practice, you can watch YouTube all day long, but until you go put what you learned in practice, it's mm-hmm. just theory. It is. And in practice is so valuable because there are things that you are going to learn when you actually go do uh, that are so different. I think of when my truck breaks, I always go to YouTube to see if it's something that I can fix, if I can save the money from going to a mechanic because right. it's so expensive to do. Yeah. And sometimes I'll watch it and I'm like, oh yeah, I can do that. And then once I go to actually do it, it's a lot more difficult than I thought because of this little piece here, this little piece there. Or you may not have the right tool. Or I may not have the right tool. Mm-hmm. So putting things in practice is so important, and camping is a great way to do that. Like, son, you you can't get a pile of leaves and start a fire. Like, yeah, they they did that in Bluey, but it doesn't work out here in real right. life, you know? Good old Bluey, yeah. You know, that makes me think, like, Bluey, the, the show... They do a great job of. I didn't mean to throw bully under the bus. I, it was just... I know. I and I gotta. Sh- I gotta share. Like, out of all the cartoons to watch, that is one that there is an episode about making sure you take your kids camping. Yeah, yeah. like they teach a lot of a lot of skills in there. Yeah, and, and I'm proud of them and, and thankful they're doing that. After your kids watch that, hopefully that sparks an interest, and and then now it's your turn to take them. You know, you need to get out and take them. And and here's two two things as a parent that I want to share with other parents that that either take their kids or are wanting to. You may have to fake smile, but you're going to have to find opportunities while you're out camping. And, and when you're talking about teaching kid new skills and, and you may not know them either, but one of the skills that you can quickly teach is that mindset. And it comes from, you may have to throw out a fake smile. There are times when you start feeling like crappy, like, man, I'm gross. I'm tired. I don't feel good. Yeah. I'm hungry. Need some water. Yeah, need some water. Like throw out a look at your children or the the people you took and just smile at them. Yeah. Because positive attitude is going to be number one in this, and it will work on you 
just as much as it is the kids that you're mm-hmm. taking. And so find opportunities to smile, stop for a moment, realize this ain't that big a deal. Like if yeah. you have to, you can go throw all this back in your vehicle and go home. Like, realize that you are camping with your kid and yeah. what a blessing and oppor- that you have that opportunity that that is. That's good. That's a good mindset as well, for sure. There's so just I want to highlight a few more things. We we've already spent quite a bit of time on why we believe that you should be taking your kids camping, why why we are being intentional about doing it, but I want to highlight a few other things. You're sending your kids off to school whether it's preschool, 4th, 5th grade, whatever grade they're in, whether they're in high school or not, they are learning things. Again, in theory, whether it be in science class, whether it's psychology and the learning relationships, whatever it is, but to get to go camping, they're going to learn that what they learned in school is either true or not true. If they learned in school, in science class, that turkeys can't fly, and I use this as an example because it it really happens, Yeah. and then they go out and they're camping on the lake or the river and they see turkeys fly, now they're getting the truth and they're getting to reinforce those things. Or, or maybe on the other side of that, maybe they learned, maybe they learned that, um, maybe they learned that great blue herons will stab a frog. And they watch a YouTube video in class, and they get to walk the shoreline and see a great blue heron hunting the shoreline, and maybe even stab a frog or a fish and eat the thing. Like okay, that was true. Like that was hard to believe when, when that was taught to me because it's so kind of radical and crazy. Now I got to go see it in real life. I got to see yeah. God's creation do what it's supposed to be doing. And that can be all the way down to squirrels eating acorns. I, I'm trying to think of even better examples, well, but here's one. go so live it out. When we took our kids out, they wanted to swim, right? They wanted to swim. Um, the air temperature was, was cool. The water temps, definitely cooler than yep. summer temps. Water was in the high 60s. Air was in the high 70s. And uh, I don't even know high 70s where we were at. I mean, we'll give it 70 for sure. Yeah. Like, um, and by the time that we had the opportunity to go swim. It was later in the day. It was later in the day. You know, and, and I do remember as, as you and the kids, I only got in like knee deep. You went head in. Um, you were, you know, you went in head to toe. The boys wanted to follow suit with what you're doing. We had boats going by, and people kind of looking at us like, "Hey, it's it's fall. Like no one's swimming. This ain't the time to swim." We were the only ones. <laughs> well, we were the only ones swimming, and that's what we mean by like, um, you know, our civilization, our our society is always in this mindset of this is the right time to do mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And what's cool about it is, as you begin to spend more time in the outdoors. You know when you when you should or should not. You know, mm-hmm. we had an opportunity because we had some warm temps. It had brought the water up warm enough that it was safe to still swim. Was it bathtub warm? No, no. But it was been, it was take your breath away cold, man. <laughs> yeah, it, when you first jumped in, <laughs> yeah. after you stood in it for a little yeah. bit, you acclimated to it. Yeah. But because of our civilization, our society saying that this is what you have to do or this is the expectation that's norm. Yeah. You know, or let's even break that, that. Even lake water or river water is dirty. Dirty. Like, yeah. Kids won't be like, our kids are so, we civilize our kids so much that our water has to be clean. Our hands have to be clean. We have to have these clean utensils every time we eat. We have to sit at the table and sit up straight and we need to wipe our faces and our hands. You know when your we hands have to be clean? We civilize our kids. Your hands have to be clean when you're planning on putting them in your mouth. Right. 
right? If you're going to be touching something that's going into your mouth, your hands need to be clean. And I'm not saying just to throw sense out the window, but I'm saying like we we live in this world like we we got to have the the parted hair and the matching clothes and the, and the shoes. We have to have all this stuff, and that is okay. But I think it is important to teach kids look un, uncivilize them a little bit. Let them stub their toe and sandals on a rock and and get cut and and teach them it's okay. Let's put a little gauze and tape on it and you go right back to playing and do what you're doing. Let them have charcoal stained hands and eat their breakfast. It's okay to eat your biscuit with charcoal stained hands. It's okay not to brush your hair for a couple of days. It's okay. Yeah, I actually forgot Bodie's toothbrush. Mhm. But I I did bring toothpaste. So, we had to do the finger method because that's the best that we had in the moment that we had it, right? So, those opportunities that you get, they're there for a reason. Um, and I do believe that that you can actually gradually improve by going through a lot of that. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it's so important. You know, you talked about our society and what they learn in science and, and some of this. And, and I want to say this, that even science that you believe is true today can change yeah. instantly. Here, yeah. You know, when you and I were going to school, Pluto was a planet. Mm-hmm. And now it's not. And so for anyone listening that, that wants to battle us in, oh, science is so important and is absolute truth, let me share that science, majority of our theories and thoughts, most of them are being tested, but they've not been proven to be true in a lot of the right. stuff that we're studying. And that's okay. And we should all be okay with that, knowing that it is the thought, it is in practice, but we don't know where it's going to stand or hold true to. And so until we take our kids out to experience the things that they are being taught, how are you going to know for yourself either? Like, we shouldn't be relying 100% on everything that we hear. We should be testing it for ourselves, I believe. Right. You know, this is kind of a sad truth, but it is a truth. With all the technology we have, I mean, I was just thinking this morning, my son wanted to watch Netflix. He wanted to watch Go Dogs Go. Oh, yeah. That's before school. Either. And I got to thinking, like, think about all the options they have to watch that we didn't have just a few decades ago. Mm-hmm. Think about all the games. Just the technology and electronics, it, it is insane what they have access to. We have experienced in our program, we work with kids all the time, hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of kids a year, yeah. different kids. Yeah. Some of these kids are like, um, what's the word? Not drones, but they're like, uh, man, it's really sad to see. Uh, they, they almost have these blank stares and, and drop jaws when they get away from this stuff, like they have no sense of adventure is what I'm trying to say. Their sense of adventure and, and exploration is almost gone because it's not stimulating enough compared to what they're getting with all this technology. So yeah. when you take them camping, leave that stuff. Do not set the iPad up on the picnic table at the campsite and let them sit there and watch it. Leave right. it. Let them build their sense of adventure. Let them... Let me, let me dig deeper than that because this, yeah, d- this go ahead. actually... Um, you know, where do our thoughts come from? 
Oh, there's a good thoughts, evil thoughts. Do you think you think of stuff on your own? I believe that uh, spiritual world places a lot of of thoughts in our head, and one that I have been mulling around with for the last three days, and I'm glad you brought this up. I have been spending time with my son playing video games. We've been playing together. Um, he had he got a Pokemon Scarlet from the Switch, and he'd got that. I think it was for Christmas, but we never he never really played it a whole lot. And for some reason, it's come back out, and now, now we're wanting to play it, but we play it together. Like he either plays, and I sit and watch and help by reading his book or the Pokey Index book, whatever. Right? I don't even understand it all, but I'm spending time with him. And in spending time with him, we have definitely grown close together. But I thought, what's the difference between me sitting on the couch here, actually spending time with my son, like him turning to me and saying, Dad, I love you, like while we're playing, versus we go camping and he turns and says, Dad, I love you. Now, Brian, you've given a lot of examples of why we should go camping and, and the importance of that. But I want to I wanna share, I think, the absolute number one reason why it's different to, to take your kids outdoors than it is to take them to play video games and spending time together. When you are in a video game, there is absolutely zero, a big fat zero, huge, big goose egg responsibility. Responsibility goes all out the window when you're playing video games. There is no same, responsibility. Same thing with watching TV? Yeah. Yeah. There's no responsibility in it. It is responsibility free. And I think that's why we can have so much excitement in the video game because there's no responsibility. Like, Yes, there are goals and things that you have to accomplish in the video game, but in, in a moment's notice, you can either restart, start over, or quit. Yeah. Like, there's no responsibility in it. It isn't reality. It isn't. Right. There is a lack of responsibility. In reality, it is all responsibility. Did you do your chores? Did you get your homework done? Did you brush your teeth? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, it is all responsibility. Were you safe when you did that? Yeah, like yeah. when we go camping... There is a responsibility that not only you have to carry, but you are going to give to the kids to do as well. You're, they have to learn about responsibility. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think that's where real life takes place is, is in learning how to handle responsibility, how to handle the weight upon your shoulders of responsibility, how to be respectful, how to be trustworthy when you are being responsible of whatever it is. Man, I hope every parent listens to this that may, I hope they make it to this this 34 minute mark because I'm so glad you shared that. Uh I'm glad the Holy Spirit shared that with you. Yeah. That is that is really profound and we do have to have responsibility. We're called to have responsibility. God gave it to us in the, in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis and yeah. we have to grow in that responsibility and that's where we really learn. So let them have that adventure. You're talking about kind of the two, this sense of independence, and you can really yeah. give that to your kids in a controlled way when you're, when you're camping. Let them adventure down the hill. I mean, keep let them go down to the playground. Let them have some freedom until they break your trust, of course. But give them that trust. Give them that freedom. Set your expectations. Let them have that sense of adventure. Let them flip rocks. You know, our boys, after we ate, you guys had got down. I think Bodie had a, a basketball game or baseball. He, you guys got there later. Yeah, we got late. I can't remember because what of I an did. event. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was Harvest Fest at the school. Yes, you guys got there later because you. And it was after dark. So when you got there, we sat down together. We ate a meal. And then when it was over, the boys were like, of course, they were wanting to play. They were in this new place. They wanted to go down to the water's edge with flashlights and see what they could find, and just explore. 
Now, where they were going, <laughs> we we're in the middle of nowhere. It's pitch black. Right. You could see nothing. We had never walked where we were walking. We had never been in the water right there where we were. We didn't know what we were getting into. You and I had been at this lake in a different location weeks and a few weeks ago and seen a lot of, uh, not copperheads, water moccasins. Yeah, yeah. And so we- Venomous snakes. Venomous snakes. <laughs> we're like, okay, we don't really know. They're definitely still out. So was there risk going walking where they were walking and going to do what they're doing? Absolutely. Yes. It was dark. Yeah. And they're young kids. Mm-hmm. But we let them do it. We went with them, guided mm-hmm. them. But they had so much stinking fun. All they did, guys, this this, this is the picture that I want to paint is it does not have to be complicated. You don't have to spend a bunch of money and have all this fancy stuff. Just go do it. They literally had a metal bucket and some $2 hand nets. Like the nets that you skip goldfish or scoop goldfish out of at Walmart. Right. They walked that shoreline and found crawdads and baby catfish and minnows. And all they did was walk and flip rocks in the water at night and caught thing after thing after thing and threw it in the bucket with no intent except just saying, we caught it. Then they got to explore these creatures and these animals. They were on an adventure. They were loving every minute of it yeah. to the point of we said, hey, you each get one more. They, I think it was maybe Bodie made the comment of, well, if we don't actually catch them, that means we get to keep doing this. Like they were trying to figure out how to keep <laughs> how going. To keep going longer, yeah. And we were running right. out of real estate. We had walked so far, we didn't really have any further to walk. Yep. Um, it was an adventure for them. They weren't really doing anything except exploring. And it was a beautiful thing. It really was. They had so much fun doing it. This may be too deep, but I'm going to share it. So as a parent, it is our responsibility to raise our children in a way that um, I think is Christ-like, right? We're, I believe we should be striving for excellence in all things in our, in our life. But even if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, you still understand that you, well, you feel it, that you would want your kids to be able to behave. That's, that's like what most parents want, whether they're following Jesus Christ or not. They want their kids to behave, and you can hear it. If you went right now through Walmart in, in any store where there's kids and parents, uh, if you listen, majority of the time, the, their parents want their kids to behave. And when their kids aren't behaving, they they struggle and they stress out and they, they start making excuses for it of, oh, my son or my daughter, blah, 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 blah. You can fill in whatever excuse you want. Why I'm sharing this is that it is a responsibility for the parents to to work every second of every day to help their children to be better. I think we we try to throw in this these electronics technology to escape that. Like Brian said, don't bring the iPad, the Kindle, the cell phone, and set it on the table and let your children watch the video. And here is why. Because you are trying to do that to escape the work or the responsibility that's been given you to do. But what's crazy is the reality and the truth is, is that by you doing that, you saying that you're trying to escape the work, you are making your work even more harder yeah. for yourself. You're digging a deeper hole to climb Because you now have got a kid that you're going to have a hard time helping to progress. And that's harder work for you. And so in trying to escape the work, you're making it even harder in your work. 
And so the example that Brian's giving of take your kids down to the water, take them camping at the minimum, like whatever it is you go, go do it with them. Is it work for you? Yes. But in the long term, it is less work and it is more beneficial and it feels better and it's better progress and it's healthier. Can you come back and maybe say, you know, you're in the tent, you're laying down for bed and you want them to watch they want to watch something for 10 minutes. Absolutely. I don't care. It's whatever you set, the expectations you set with you and your children. But I'm telling you, if you try to escape the work that it takes to be with your kids, and, and it is work. It, it is a work to do this because you have to pack, you have to load, you have responsibility, you're talking about risks and all the, the activities. What activity am I going to do? How am I going to plan that? There's a lot of work in this, but that work is your responsibility. And when you do that, there are benefits that are so much higher. And you reap the reward for doing that. And and your work will become less. It becomes more play when you do those things and you get through the hard times. I hope that makes sense, but it's the truth. You know, you're talking about responsibility as parents and just for all the listeners, the things we're talking about right now actually weren't in our in our notes, but this this is the meat and potatoes of of, of life and of parenting and raising children. So as it comes to mind, I, I I think we should share it, and and we'll still share we'll still share the the hows and the things to remember and all that as we get through this and the costs. But these are really valuable, so stick with us here. Being a parent is hard. Mm-hmm. It's busy. I think in our today, this civil what we talk about our civilization of today, it's hard. You don't get a lot of time for yourself. You're Mm -hmm. always doing something. You're always doing something for someone else. And camping's no different. Like cook supper, then you clean supper up. Yeah. And and camping's hard because you can't just leave the food sitting out. You have to pack it all away so the raccoons don't get it. You have to clean your area up. You have to put the fire out. You have to keep the fire going. It is so easy in today's world for parents to say, hey, take my phone and go watch YouTube real quick while I get supper cleaned up. Is that really healthy for your kid? Let me give you the other side of this. We could have said, hey, Bodie and Hayes, I know you guys want to go down to the water. We have to clean all this up. So sit here and watch Bear Grylls for a minute at the table while we clean this up. We didn't do that. No. And they could have sat there and they could have watched Bear Grylls for the 20 or 30 months we had to clean up. And everything would have been fine. The beautiful side, the good, what I believe is the healthy side of that is, hey guys, listen, it's going to take us about 20 minutes. We have to clean all this stuff up from supper. You guys have from that road to that road down there, there's a few, there's a Frisbee and a ball mm-hmm. and the truck. Y'all go play. You will absolutely be floored and your heart will be like beaming with sunshine watching what your kids go do. They will blow you away. Mm-hmm. I had a bad tire in my trailer. We had to change it before we left. It was taking us some time. We yeah. ran into, we they couldn't get the right some, tool. We didn't yeah. have the right tool. Had to go ask. It was taking us a lot longer than we thought. Our kids were so tired and hungry. They were ready to go home. We told them, you guys can go over there in this area and play. Here's your boundary. We'll be done in this time. We made everything clear what the plan was. Ben, those boys went over there 
they found a cone that was marking like a mud hole. Yeah, it was so like covering a water line. Covering or a water line yeah. so people wouldn't drive over it. Yeah. They made up a game. They were making like disc golf holes saying from here to here is a par five. Yep. And they took their ball caps off their heads and they were throwing them like frisbees to land them on the cone. They're eight and five. So they used their minds mm-hmm. and their bodies and they were having so much fun. They were. Do yeah. you think that is more valuable than them watching Bear Grylls while we were changing the tire on the truck? I do think it's more valuable. You and, you stopped and said, dude, look what the boys are doing. Like yeah. your, your heart was so warm. You were literally smiling like, look yeah. what our boys are doing. You know, because there's so much growth in that, the situational awareness, the actual art of play, um, you know, being creative on your own, like so much. You know, I think you're spot on in, in the whole point of taking them out is to to get those experiences. And that's the reason why you should. Like, at the minimum, even if it was just one thing, that is so much better than the routines that we get stuck in, you know. Uh, at home. And I'm just thankful that we were were able to do that. And because you and I see and understand the benefits, I think that's what this podcast is about, period. is is You listening to this, we just truly hope that you will go do it. Yeah, go through the effort to make it happen. At least one time. You know, I, I know of families that have never been camping. Been never even went out and did outdoor activities like here's another story just from this camping trip so uh, someone i know knew that we had went camping and they made the comment to me man i always want to take my son camping but life got busy and i just never did right their son's now grown and they never did it just because life was busy and that stinks i guarantee if they could go back they would go camping multiple times but guess right. what we cannot go back. So don't say life is too busy. Find a way to make it happen. Sacrifice. Move stuff around. Sell something if you need a little money to go do it. Make it happen because you will never, ever, ever be able to go back. You can't teach the lessons. You can't. You, you, you don't even know the lessons and the things that are going to happen when you go camping. So you can't simulate them at home because you don't even know what they are. So please, please, it is so easy to make excuses, guys. We've done it. We do it. Yeah. And we were about to do it again, and and we just let's go. Really, honestly, the the Holy Spirit was, you boys got to do this with your kids. Yeah, let's and, go. And so we did it. So please, please try to make that happen. Um, let's kind of move in here, Ben. Yeah. To so how do we how, how to make how it happen? It? Yeah. How how do people go camp with your kids? Yeah. Um. And, and the first recommendation, Ben, is what I'm gonna say, depending on the age. You know, we have eight, five. Uh, we also have four. And a three-year-old. So, you know, those ages, as they progress, we're going to do some things differently. Two. Reads two. N- or reads two. Sorry, yeah. what I say? You said he's three, yeah. I, I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's quite three. A, he's, he's got a ways for three. But he yeah. looks like a three-year-old. He's big, yeah. Um, the number one thing is, instead of giving excuses, start practicing at home. Uh-huh. That's the first thing I want to say. Practice at home. We've talked about this before. Whether you learn how to camp in your living room or you make a fort and then sleep in it, or you go get a tent, your first tent, and you put it up in your house and sleep in the tent in the house, or you get the tent and go in the backyard, right? Practice at home what camping is. Yeah. Um, This just came to my mind because you shared it. Let me say this really fast. I should have said it a few minutes ago, but it's coming to me and I need to share it. Instead of having the kids go play, earlier you talked about having the kids go play while we cleaned up. 
have them help you clean up. You have them help. Yeah. And so when you're practicing camping at home, it's just like we should be doing with our kids at the dinner table. When they get done eating, they need to help us clean up. If we, I have my kids go scrape plates and then go set them up by the sink. Mm-hmm. I'm not making them wash them, but they need to take the step of closing up dinner. Like whether that be you're helping them, having them help you sweep, whatever that is. When you're practicing camping at home, you should be teaching them just like the things you should be already teaching them at home. You know, Ben, in the past, um, still today in ways I'm involved with kids, whether at church or some of our programs, but it really started several years ago. I've had the blessing of being able to have some kids with autism included in some of our programs and classes yep. with kids that don't. And and these kids with autism really taught me this. Kids love to be valued enough that they're needed. So when you include them mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know what? I really need your help. And, I, and I'm thinking of one particular student that had autism, like, they came to me and asked, how can I help, Mr. Brian? And I just, in that moment, I realized, like, everybody wants to be valued. And, and as soon as you give them that chance and say, yeah, you know what? You can do this. It may be small. It may be something that you, know you what don't you're even them? really need done. You know what you're giving them? Responsibility. Responsibility. Yeah. And, and so they don't really view it as work like you're viewing it. Uh-huh. They have belonging and responsibility now, and they just want to be with you. Yeah. They just want to be with they you. Yeah. They're not trying to earn your love. They just want to be with you. They want to be helping. So find ways for that. That's Here's a way. After you've practiced at home and you're really going to start, you're getting serious, we're going to go. Now start letting your kids help you pack and plan mm-hmm. for what you wanted, where you want to go and what you want to do. Right. Let them yeah. be a part of that. Let them be involved. Yeah. My son was super excited to pick the food and go shopping and buy the food. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, because you get <laughs> to pick what you want to eat. Excited for that part of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. To get started camping with your kids, I really recommend, Ben, what we call car camping. What what Define that for me. Yeah. I think in this next stage, we're really looking at we need to find where we're going to sleep. Yeah. Like we're going to find it. So in this, you know, I'm, as the father, I'm going to pick it because I know what I'm looking for. So car camping is really anywhere that you are going to be in eyesight of your vehicle. Whether you're going to be parking on the concrete pad and putting the tent next to it and sleeping there, cool. Or are you going to a trailhead where you're parking the car and you're going up on the ridge? You can still literally get to your car in a few minutes. Few minutes, you know. It doesn't get into me for backpacking until we are too far out from ever going back. Right. You're, you you have what you have with you, and you're going to have to commit to that. Right. And so there's kind of the lines. Um, and, and the freedom in that is you can bring different gear. Like we brought – I brought a small fire pit. You that, can literally bring your whole home with you in your you vehicle. You could, yeah. You know, so, yeah, we brought a fire pit. And then you have the safety of, you know what, I, brought I, have, a, I have a vehicle. I can leave it any minute, or I have a vehicle if – it starts hailing. I don't have to stay in my tent. I can get in my vehicle. Yeah. I yeah. have a heater and an air conditioner. I brought tables and chairs and I brought five gallons of water. Like, I brought a, several armloads of firewood. Yes. Like those That's those kinds camping. of things with car camping, it makes it easier, but it's still camping. You're still away a cooler from home. with ice, with drinks and food in it. Yeah. You're not backpacking with that. So start with car camping and- and I say start with that may be all you ever do. That may be what you, that may be what you love because getting into backpacking and what you only have on your back, it's a whole different ball game. If you are interested in that, go back several episodes. We have two or three different episodes about backpacking. Yeah. Well, here's another. 
there are people that do paddling trips. Paddling. They'll do it overnight. Which is even kind of an in-between. It's kind of in-between because you have a a vehicle, a transportation device that can hold more weight than your body. Right. And so now you're probably packing more on a paddling trip than you would on a backpacking trip. But But not as much as in the bed of your truck. Exactly. The bed of my truck is going to definitely hold more. So So start with that. Start with camping. Picking a campsite you can drive to, unload your car, set things up. Um, it does make things more convenient and easier, but you still don't have the comforts of home, so you're still getting into that stretch mode. Um, it's it's a little safer and easier. Pick a campground. Uh, we have a lot of Army Corps of Engineer campgrounds around us. Pick a campground that has campsites that are maintained. Things are going to be mowed for you there. You're not having to do any macheteing or weed eating. Yeah. Things are maintained. They have fire rings and picnic tables and, and trash hooks already there. If you really want to go to the next level, pick the ones that have electricity and water. Having fresh water available right there, even though it's just a spigot and it's not hot, it's just access to cold water, being able to wash your hands, being able to fill your pot and get drinking water without boiling is huge. It takes a, it takes a huge obstacle out of the way so that you guys can focus on each other and relationships and have a little more fun. Absolutely. Now that you have your location picked out, now we kind of move into this. What activities are we doing? Um, you know, if you're going to recreational sites, those are, you may actually be able to go to campgrounds that have playgrounds on them. Yeah, the right? one we went to had a playground. Right. But what activities are you wanting to do? You know, Brian and I, we took our bass boats. Brian took his, I took mine. And the reason we took those is because the activity we wanted to do was to take them fishing yep. the next day. That was that activity was included then in the plan. If you're not going to go fishing, then what other activities do you want to do? Are you doing side hikes? Are you taking bicycles? Are you literally just going, preparing meals, sleeping, getting up, preparing a meal, and going home? Well, your meals may be the activities for that, right? Are you going to set up a campfire like we did? And so what activities do you want to do depending on the location that you're going? That's going to be that next step that you need to take. And these campgrounds are great for car camping because, again, you have water, electricity. You have things like playgrounds. Some of them have basketball courts. Uh, swim areas, designated areas to swim where they bring in sand that makes swimming even easier. Right. So go to these places. They are really affordable and they're maintaining them with with tax dollars. So, yeah. so go enjoy them. Go enjoy them. Absolutely. You know, once you've determined that, now it's that process of what am I taking? You know, yeah. I'm going to kind of get into the bring? Yeah. What do I need to bring? You know, the most important thing is going to be clothing. That is the most important. Before we're talking about toys or gear and equipment, it truly is clothing because your first line of shelter, when we talk about food, fire, shelter, water, any survival situation, your first line of shelter is your clothing. And if you take your clothing, enough clothing that your kids need, they are going to be comfortable in the uncomfortable. And they're also going to be safe. Mm -hmm. You know, there may be times that you're planning on going out. You think the weather's great and here comes a pop-up shower, pop-up storm. You know, you really need to be responsible in knowing that those things can happen and taking the correct clothing. And so uh, a quick reminder on how to dress. It is all seasonal, but spring and fall, you're going to dress the same. Well, I want to point out like right now for us, you get, yeah, it was in the seventies during the day, but when we woke up, it was in the fifties. It was cool in the morning. And so it was cold compared to what the day was. We were literally sweatshirts and jackets in the morning. And in the afternoon we were shorts and t-shirt. Correct. You can't just go in shorts and t-shirt. Right. You also got to bring some other layers. And that's what I want to talk about really fast is is honestly layering up. It is good to take extra layers 
than it is to, uh, you know, it's good to over plan than it is to under plan mm-hmm. in this. And so in our cooler months, especially as we get into that winter, so pre-winter and, and then pre-spring, you really need a base layer. Take some layers. That may even be the pajamas that your kids are sleeping in. That may be your base layer for them. But take a base layer, and then from there, you're going to have your mid-layer, which is really the normal clothing you wear of the daytime. And so for my son, he has synthetic pajamas that he sleeps in, and I, because I'm going to minimize, that's going to be a base layer that I have for him. He may wear that, wake up, leave that on, and then we put our normal clothing on over the day. That's your mid-layer. That mid-layer needs to have a little bit of, of warmth to it has some insulation to it so that if you need an outer layer like your rain jackets, your wind jackets, your rain clothing, when you place that over it, you're going to have that insulating layer under your outer layer. How you, what you even have and how you go about doing that, that's what you get to decide. But make for sure that you have a base layer, your mid layer, so that insulating layer and an outer layer. And then you can always shed layers throughout the day as you need to. Because here in the Ozarks, if you're in that that climate where it gets hot and cold really quick, really easy, you're going to want to be able to to be able to take those off and put those back on. Or if you're like my son who can't stay out of the water, yeah, <laughs> he was wet, and then I changed him in the dry clothes, and he got wet again. Like he learned to swim this year, and the boy just is ate up with being in the water, and he isn't afraid of it. He doesn't right. care if it's cold. He doesn't care if it's hot. He just loves being in the water. Take extra clothes. So that it isn't a big deal if they do get wet, because water is dangerous. So you you do need to get dry, even yeah. if it's seventy degrees. If there's a good breeze and you're staying wet, it's a good way to get sick. So let's have extra clothes. If you're going for three days, bring four or five days worth of clothes, especially if you're car camping. You got the space, you got places to keep it. Like you're saying, it's better to overpack than to forget uh, and not have it. Other things to consider. You mentioned recreation. Throw simple things in. A Frisbee. I throw a Frisbee and a, a, a baseball and a football in. Yeah. Give them a chance to go play with that. Uh, for us, is always fishing gear. The yeah. buckets, the nets, those things like that. What are you going to be doing for fun while you're there? And make sure you're throwing those things in. Bring some firewood. But you do need to check because of some certain diseases and insects that are out there. Some campgrounds don't allow you to bring wood. You can only get it either from the gas station up the road or from the campground. Make sure you check those regulations, but bring some firewood. Because so many people camp there, there isn't always access to a bunch of deadfall and stuff because people are always there cleaning that stuff up and using it. So you may need to buy some and bring it. Uh, Good food. Make the food special. Yeah. You get to cook outdoors, which is fun. Some of my best meals are... Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, if you took the same meal brought it home and cooked it may not it ain't gonna no it ain't gonna be the best but it is because you are you're hungry you're thirsty you're tired you've been you've been working hard right and like when you eat this campfire meal well well, here's an example while you guys were driving i was cooking and it was dark pitch pitch black dark Mm -hmm. and i was making fried potatoes in a cast iron skillet over the fire and some of them got burnt yeah and some of them did get cooked all the way but when you guys got there you were like Man, these potatoes were like we were starving. You were even like, "Hey, buddy, you gonna eat all your potatoes so yeah. you could get some more?" And uh-huh. I, and and I'm like, "Man, if I was at home and I made potatoes like that, I'd be ticked at myself yes. that I burnt any of them. Yes. You know, they weren't all golden brown for sure. Right? But it was so good because it was over fire. It was in the cast iron skillet, um, and we were and we were really hungry. But let your kids pick out some special treats. If you're car camping, you can bring things like steaks. 
and whole potatoes and yeah, uh, you can cook some really special meals while you're camping. So bring some good food, some special treats and eat good while you're out there because not only cooking in the outdoors is it awesome and fun, but sitting around outside eating a meal, there's just something, there's, there's a phenomenon around that. It makes it better and more enjoyable. Yeah, Brian, now that We've got the good cooking, the good food the, out of the way. It's it's what am I packing next? And and you need to have a shelter. You need to have really the comfortable bedding that you like, you like or want. You know, um, I'm going to su- suggest get a tent. I have taught many times in many classes that you can just sleep in a in a tarp. Um, Brian, I sleep literally just under the stars. Sometimes I just lay all my sleeping bag out yeah. in the open. I have no tent. But when you're going to take out kids. Take a tent. It's going to make them feel a little more safe. It's mm-hmm. going to keep some of the critters and bugs, you know, off of you. Um, so get a tent. Um, There's a mystique around sleeping in a tent for is. kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you zip that up, for some reason yeah. you feel safe. And yeah. I'm here to tell you that it's only keeping a few bugs out. Yeah. But it's it's a good way to get them started. Brian, in a tent, are, do people have to spend tons and tons of money to go get a tent to take? No, we really don't. I mean... The, the tents that they make at Walmart are fine. Yeah. If you're only going to camp once a year, they're heavy. So you're going to be in the car. They're heavy. They're car camping. The car. They're, they're not for backpacking. You don't need to spend three $400 on a big name brand tent. Go get a Coleman or an Ozark Trail from Walmart. Mm-hmm. Spend 50 bucks on a four-person tent, um, and you're going to be able to use it for a handful of years at that light use of once or twice a year just in your car. Take good care of it. Uh, but, yeah, get a tent. It is enjoyable for the kids. If you don't want to go the tent route, if you're just like, you know what? I have to have my air conditioner and my heater. I have to have a bed. I still want to give my kids a chance to go camping. Start with a camper. And you're like, well, I don't have 20 grand to spend on a camper. Guys, there's an awesome website. No affiliation. I have used it before. It's Mm -hmm. called Outdoorsy. Spell it. O-U-T-D-O-O-R-S-Y. Outdoorsy. People put their campers up that they don't use. You can rent them in your area for one night, two nights, however many nights you want. It's pretty affordable. You can also pay them a little extra, and they will bring it, set it up, and tear it down for you. So if you just have a Honda Civic and you can't tow a camper, they will come set it up and take it down for you. It is an awesome, it really is an awesome thing. So if you want the camping experience, you want to be able to take your kids to a campsite, and enjoy the outdoors, but you're just like, I can't do a tent yet. I'm not there. I'm not comfortable with that. Try outdoorsy. It's a, it's nationwide. Right. Rent, rent a camper from them. Uh, people, it really is a good feature because you don't have, you don't have to have the insurance and the cost and the payment of owning a camper. The, the liability of it, someone else is carrying that. You're just getting to borrow it. That is Nice when yeah. someone else does all the work, yeah. right? Less responsibility. Well, you, you're paying right? for it, so it's going to cost you yeah, more than if you just true. went and bought a tent. You're right, um, but you get to be really comfortable. So. You know, and I think at the minimum, if if you have a pickup truck, um, you can use it as a tent. I mean, sleep in the bed. Yeah, you and I have have we've took an oversized tarp and laid it over the bed of the truck and slept. Yep. Um, back there, uh, that's something that's fun. You know, if if. If all you're doing is going to sleep, then you don't need a lot of space. Mm-hmm. You're just laying down and going to sleep. You know, you and uh, you and uh, I and the kids, we stayed up decently late to where when when it when we went to bed, they crashed. You know, yeah. there was no wind down time. That's you know? something too. Like, uh, we our wind down time was around the campfire. Uh, yes, we and sat I, and enjoyed. I some guess time that's a, a personal thing, but I would encourage you to do it. Like, 
my kids, my family at home, we have schedules. Like Routine. it hits a certain time we mm-hmm. eat, it hits a certain time we go to bed, and it works good for my family. Mm-hmm. I, I let that stuff go when we go camping. I didn't even make my son take a nap. He still naps every, we didn't take a nap. Well, let me talk about you can still stick to your routines if you choose to if you choose on these to. trips. You can. I'm you just, didn't. I, I didn't, and I would. I, I am encouraging you not to, because that, again, that's that independence, that adventure, that freedom, that making the trip special. I told my son, he didn't have a bedtime. He's five. It's okay. kind of a bold thing. We stayed up till midnight. My son goes to bed at eight o'clock every night. He was so jazzed up and having so much fun. I thought he was going to crash hard. We got in that tent. He was so excited to be in the sleeping bag in the tent with his daddy. He still couldn't go to sleep. Really? Like, that. this is, you got to get your children out to do this. Yeah. You have to. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, now that you got your tent, um, I think I think sleep is important. You're, yeah. You're not going to get a night's sleep you know, like you are at home. So, but you do want rest. And so you got to ensure that you have, here's the reality of it. Your body should not be laying directly on the ground. You need a barrier, whatever barrier you choose. Hey, go for it. Some Mm -hmm. people will go cut cedar boughs and lay down and that's their barrier. Yours may be the, the air mattress that you plug in in the campsite that you got to air itself up. And it's Mm -hmm. a big deep dish queen, you know, like you need a barrier some people buy the little sleeping pads or they get all the way up to the sleeping mattresses. A cot. They could be sleep on a cot. Yeah. But you do need a barrier. That is super important for safety. The ground will pull your body heat from you. So you need a barrier. So get you a barrier of whatever that is that you choose and it needs to fit inside your tent. Yeah. So whatever tent you're getting, make for sure that your your deep deep dish king size air mattress will yeah. fit in your tent. I want to sh- I want to share real quick yeah. just so people aren't getting the idea of I just want to be clear what we slept in. Ben, we each took actually the the same tent. We bought them on sale at the same time. These are two-person tents. So we each had a two-person tent. They literally fit two Two individual sleeping pads. Yes, that width. Two sleeping pads side by side, and there is no extra room. So we were roughing it. I mean, we were were in a tiny little tent with just enough room for two people to fit in. That's what we were doing with our boys on this trip. Right. You know, nothing, well, it wasn't glamorous. I'll no. say that, right? Um, after you have your your barrier, your sleeping pad, um, at the minimum, get you a, a decent sleeping mattress if you want to. Now we, we want something that's going to be, well, it's kind of like your mid-layer on your clothing when you're talking about shelter. You need that insulation. You need something that's going to keep you warm. You know, you do need to know what your sleeping bag is rated. If it's a 40-degree bag, then add 10 degrees to it. And you're going to be comfortable in 50-degree nights in a 40-degree bag. If it drops below that, you will be cold. Cold, It will still keep your body heat trapped. You won't get hypothermia in it, but I'm telling you, you're going to shiver. You're going to be cold in it. So add 10 degrees to whatever sleeping bag you have. And if your sleeping bag is 20 years old, 25 years old, and you're pulling it out of the attic, then add 20 degrees to whatever it says because it's broken down. Especially if it's been stuffed in the sack the if whole time. If it's been stuffed in that sack, yeah. Hang your sleeping bags up when you're not using them, you guys. Know, so let, them, let them be fluffed out. Take care of that equipment, but add 10 degrees to whatever your sleeping bag says, and that is the temperature to be somewhat comfortable, and it's right. going to keep you warm. So you need something to lay on. You need something to cover up with. In these mild temps, you know, if it's 
45 degrees, 50 degrees and above at night, you can really just take two or three old blankets from home and you will be comfortable and warm enough to sleep. You don't have to go buy sleeping bags if you don't want to. If you want to, you don't have to go buy the expensive ones. The if you're not backpacking with them, if you're just taking them car camping, the $25 Coleman sleeping bag from Walmart is fine, guys. It is fine. You still, Your kid will still get the experience of zipping up and crawling in to a sleeping bag, and you'll be comfortable, and you'll be able to sleep. Uh, they probably won't last a whole lot, and they're definitely not going to be packable for uh, a backpacking trip, but you can still get use out of them. The last thing I want to throw in on the bedding, your car camping. Take your pillow. Yeah, pull it off your yeah. Pull it off your bed or take your spare one. You will sleep so much better, be so much more comfortable when you have your pillow from home. It's just a little piece of home that you can bring with you. Yeah, and your neck oh, thanks you for it. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, we could get into talking about extra stuff. You know, here's one All example. The gear, yeah. Yeah. I mean you could even take maybe some of those plug in battery Christmas lights to make it more festive for your kids. Your kids, you could uh, make sure they take their favorite stuffed animal. You know, those are things that you're going to get to work through as a parent. You'll learn what what worked and what didn't, mm. and keep adding to it. Oh, I do. I did just think of th- something that's not on our notes. Yeah, what is it? If you got lawn chairs, take lawn chairs. Yeah. Otherwise, something. you're just going to have like a concrete bench or yeah. a stump to sit on. It is so nice to be able to lean back around the fire and and be comfortable, be comfortable. and be able to relax. No, that's that's really good. I I had told them earlier that we took tables and chairs. Yeah. But to remind them, yeah, if you're going to sit around that fire. You got to have wood for the fire and you're going to have to have chairs to set in around it. As we kind of close on this, I know, Brian, we're going to really start getting into kind of maybe some tips for parents, maybe something there. But I I need to address this here. And and I think you did a really good job. You said allow your children to, to do things outside of their routine. But I also think that it's important that we, I think the reference here is cut them some slack. And... You know, when we're at home and we're in our routines, we're on them. You know, you and I are on our kids. Like, we set the expectation, we're going to hold them to it, and we're on them. And they, and they've, I know that they have learned that when they go and knock out what they need to knock out, they get more free time, they get more things to do. But, but be careful in, as a parent, your, your frustration may be on the rise out camping. You know, your stress levels are a little bit higher. Yeah. You're out of your comfort zone. You're tired. And so you're tired, and, and how you speak to your kids is really important how you speak to your kids matters and being positive and, and cutting them some slack is important you know use it as teachable moments not moments of i told you so or look what you did you know what i'm saying like cut them some slack like allow them to make some mistakes but that's your responsibility when if they leave their tent unzipped that's a teachable moment. When they crawl in and they've got insects in there, that's a teachable moment. You know, you don't have to say a whole lot other than, hey, what did you learn from that? Next time I need to zip my tent? Yeah. Yeah. You're better if you want to keep them out. But instead, you know, maybe at home you'd have been like, why didn't you shut your tent? You know, all the bugs are in the house. Now you didn't shut your door. You need to start shutting the door. Like cut them some slack because what they're going through is is going to be a little more difficult than what they're going through at home. Yeah, Absolutely. Real quick on cost, everybody's that's a, a question nowadays because everything's so expensive. Is how much is this going to cost me? Yeah, our campsite was twenty four dollars, and I had water and electric. So you're probably if you're going to stay a couple nights, you're looking at, at fifty bucks for your campsite, which you know a lot cheaper than a hotel room. If you already have tent, sleeping bags, all those things, you don't have a whole lot of costs other than the campsite. 
your transportation to get there, your fuel costs, and and food. That yeah. that really is pretty much it. Uh, plan plan to spend. I'm going to say fifty to seventy five dollars per two day trip on on food and drink. And it depends on how many months. people we took depend, four. Right. You know. So and we had way too much. And are you eating hot dogs? Or are you eating ribeyes? Right. That that matters right. too, obviously. Right. Spam. Um, Spam. Spam. Yeah. Well, my, that is like a ribeye to my kids. They <laughs> yeah. stink and yeah. love that stuff. But uh, again, I mentioned a four-person tent is about 50 bucks. Sleeping bags are about $25 a piece. Uh, and I think this stuff's pretty affordable. A queen air mattress is only about $20. This is all. These are all Walmart prices. You guys can go down to your Walmart in the outdoor section and get this stuff today. Um, and then, yeah, so you're looking at about, I'm going to say roughly, if you had nothing, you're going to spend about 200 bucks to go camp for a night or two if you had nothing. If you had to go buy tent sleeping bags, all of that today. <clears throat> if not, then probably around 100 bucks. So it is going to cost some money. It is pretty affordable. Now, let's get into some notes for parents. You want to you want to chime in here first? Yeah, cuz when you say it's around 100 bucks, let me do you one better. Pay for the campsite. So there's your cost for your campsite. And it's going to cost for the gas. But you literally have everything else you need already at your house without going buying anything. Right. You, you could just take food from you your house. You can pull your – you can take food from your house. Mm-hmm. You can take the blankets and pillows off your bed. Yeah. And if you don't have a tent, I guess there's your next cost. But if you really had to, you could sleep in your vehicle just to get out there, you know, of the experience. So yeah. that cost is so minimal. Um, you said it was $40 for the tent? I, I mean, Something minimal. There. Yeah, 50 bucks. The experience and the lessons learned – Compared to the cost, I would say it absolutely is a minimal cost. Oh, yeah, right. It absolutely is minimal. Sorry, it, I, I want to add that. Maybe a lot to maybe a lot to some, maybe a little to others, but the value that's coming out of it is is there isn't a price on the value that's coming from taking your kids. It, it's it's an amazing experience for everybody, and so much value there. I do want to say this to to parents listening. This is work. I made the comment to you, Ben. I said at one point, I said, "Man, the only time I have sat down in the last two days, from getting ready, packing, getting there, setting it up, cook, the only time I sat down was the two meals. <laughs> After they were done, sitting down and eating, and was the only time to really sit down and relax. But don't make this about you. You aren't doing it for you. If you're doing it for you, then you're not doing it for the right reasons. This is about your kids." And it shouldn't be work, shouldn't look at it as work. If you are doing it for the right reasons, it won't be work for you. If you truly are doing it with the right heart for your kids, it won't be work. I should just say that it's busy. It's busy. It takes a lot. Um, Make it about your kids. And more importantly, involve them. Ben, you mentioned asking them to help. Let them pack. Let them pick the food. Let them help cook the food involve them in it let them split the wood let them throw wood on the fire yeah, give them responsibility I our mean. boys <laughs> burned so much wood that didn't need to be burned but they thought they were stoking the fire and, and we let them have that and and that's okay so and when it came time to pack up our kids had to help us pack up they did and yep. they didn't care yep they didn't care at all so don't think parent that this is just going to be some if you get out there and you think, man, I'm just going to lounge around. This is just going to be so relaxing the whole time. I'll be honest. It, it isn't going to be that way for you um, because you are there to serve your kids the whole time. And it isn't even as easy as home to cook meals and clean up. Yeah, I think that's 
you can you can find ways to cheat. So, you know, you and I have a tub, and we gathered stuff from our own home. And guess what? I didn't clean dishes. Right at the campsite. No, we waited till we got home. I yeah. waited till I got home, and but so still that work when you get home unpacking and cleaning it continues. So so what you're two s- days turns into three days. That's what that. I wanted to share this this point though. You're you're making it spot on is in those moments like you're gonna find ways to cheat at the campsite, but when you get back home, that's actually for me like where the real work begins yeah. because now I've got to get back to my daily living. Plus I've got to clean up from that trip. So mm-hmm. so honestly, when you're out, the more that you um, instill responsibility in your kids and you have them help you, then it can be easier when you get home. You know, when yep. things are put back correctly and done right, man, that speeds up your time for even the cleanup afterwards. And and then it allows you what we call more free time to play and enjoy yep. and, and have those moments with your kids. And get you a, a Rubbermaid tub, a camp tub. Camp tub. And keep, keep yeah. thing, keep your camp stuff in it. Designate a pot, designate a pan, keep a tablecloth. Yeah, spatulas and-, and uh, Things that you're only going to use for camping, keep them in that tub. And the yep. next time that you go, you really just have to grab that tub and look in and say, double check that you got everything and, and roll. And then yep. when you get home, you can put it all away and know that you have it for the next time. But, but designate a camp tub for yourself. It will take away some of that stress of making sure you have all the little things like salt and pepper and bowls and forks. Designate that stuff just for camping and leave it packed up and ready to go. Yeah, that's that's exactly what we do, and it and it makes for the next time your next trip even um, quicker and easier to Absolutely. go. Absolutely. All right, Ben. I have so many memories of camping when I was a kid. Do you have any memories that will just kind of reinforce to, to parents? Uh, why we should be making the effort to take our kids out camping. You know, kid, I'll say from zero to 15, I don't remember it, Brian. I really don't. I don't think it's because it was bad or good. I think it was probably the age that I was at. Take Um, your kids camping. Make those memories so they have them. I was going to say because I I don't, but I do remember as I got into my teens, as my grandpa, we started doing um, hunting. And in some of those hunting trips in other states, you have hunting camp and inside that camp really starting to to uh, sleep in the woods and get up and, and rough it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm going hunting all day and coming back to something that's cold until that fire gets going again. You have so, any, you have any like good memories or realizations from those first couple of times you went camping? You know, I think for me is I always overpack. Yeah. I've always overpacked even when I was in my teens and I've taken what um, I overpacked, um, still do. And so making... Finding things that have multi-use is so important to me because it minimizes my weight because I, I just, I tend to overpack. And when I do that, it makes it more uncomfortable. You know, I think I'm going to take all this to be more comfortable. And at the end, I'm I'm actually more uncomfortable because I have it all. I know that may sound funny, but when there's weight on your back, when you're, when you're having to haul it in and haul it out, there's a lot, lot of. What about when your grandpa taught you to always make sure you bring a left and a right boot? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's a great point, Brian. Like, when you're taking your boots, make sure they're – my grandfather, we got all the way out to Colorado. He only took one pair of boots, and he took two – Well, they weren't really a pair. Right. Boots. Yeah. Which, here's a question I had for him. Like, why do you have two of the same pair that you would get confused to have so – He took two half pairs. He took two he half pairs, yeah. <laughs> but he may do. He actually wore wore them around and hunted in them. So what you took away from that is that you make do. Yes, you. Here's what I took away: be hard headed in the moments that are going to help you drive through, but don't be so hard headed that 
you don't learn from it mm-hmm. and make sure yeah. that you bring the right ones the next time. Yeah, good point. You know, as I mentioned, I have a plethora of camping stories as a kid, and, and maybe that's why I'm so passionate about that. And I hope you can hear my passion in this episode. My family growing up, we didn't have enough money to go on vacations. Glamping? Uh, we didn't have enough money to go, like, people go to Florida, and people people take vacations away from where you where you actually are living, the actual geographical location you live. So vacation for us was camping. And I had no problem with it as a kid. I, I really didn't. So if maybe that's you, maybe you can't afford a condo in Florida, take your kids camping. It is so much more affordable and it is an amazing experience. So that was our vacations growing up. And a couple memories I have sticking out, you know, I have my favorite campground that we used to always go to, but we kind of made it a family reunion. We would invite family that live further away, say, hey, we we re- we went through the effort of, we were uh, reserved four or five campsites, come on down. And I can remember family coming down from St. Louis, all my friends that lived close in the neighborhood, family, friends, we'd all go camp and we would have all of these people, like a, a colony of people that were close to us camping at the same time. And I can remember one night, my uncle, uh, my crazy uncle, my crazy uncle Steve, and he was a tree climber. He uh, he trimmed trees for a living and, and was a roofer. And we were all playing wiffle ball during the day in like this little center court green area, me and my buddies. And when it got nighttime, obviously there's no lights and that was done. Well, next thing I know, my uncle with no equipment has an extension cord and a light and climbs to the top of this oak tree and hangs <laughs> this light <laughs> that he's plugged in at the campsite up in this tree and has lit up this whole end of the campground. So we got to continue all our fun and festivities because my uncle climbed this tree. Um, and I was maybe, I was probably junior high when this happened. So those memories really, really do stick with you. Well, I can they remember stick with you when, when you and I went to that campground. You actually told me I that told story, you story and you yeah. pointed the trees and showed me exactly the, the where the tree's still there. Yeah. 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 Yep. And, and pointed to the tree. That That's how much it sticks with you. I can remember another one. We used to go to kind of a more primitive campsite on the river. The campground is no longer there, which breaks my heart because I would love to take my kids there. Um, it was on the Gasconade River. And there was a big, long embankment down to the river from the campsites. And we were probably, I'm going to say late elementary, early junior high. And I got to bring, my parents always allowed me to pick one friend to bring with me on some of these paddling camping trips. And I brought my friend and his name was Tyler. And we were really in at the time to Converse tennis shoes, the the old school Converse tennis shoes. And we brought our old pair as our river shoes. Those were going to be our river shoes. So we had our Converses on and we figured out that if we got this embankment really wet and muddy, we could turn it into a slide and our Converse shoes with the flat bottoms were slick enough. We were sliding down. I mean, we were so covered in mud, but at the end, we were ramping off into the river. So we had like this 30 foot mud slide. And as long as we kept water on it, we could slide down on our shoes and our bottoms and ramp into the river. And we did it over and over and over and over again. And we were so muddy, but again, we had the freedom of play. We had the freedom to think and create. We had the freedom to get dirty and hurt. Yeah. And it was so awesome for us as kids. And and I'm sure we 
we grew and we learned. And at the very most, I have an awesome memory of it to this day. Right. No, that sounds fun. I I want to try that. As try an it adult. now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm not sure our bodies would hold up to it like eh, it, like yeah, it did when yeah. we're 12 years old. That's but true. Anyway, I hope people are encouraged to take your kids camping. It isn't too late. As long as your temperatures are staying, your nighttime temperatures are in the 30s and it's and it's warming up during the day. I think it's still comfortable enough to take your kids. I've taken my kid when when he was three, four years old, and it was 35 at night in a 20-degree sleeping bag and slept like a baby if comfortable as can be. If you have the right gear, don't be afraid to take your kids out and enjoy it. So there's still time left depending on on where you live. Right now for us, I mean, it's almost 80 degrees today where we're at. It's going to be in the 50s or 60s tonight. So it would be great camping even though it is November. What I want to ask everyone listening to this podcast to do, this is an important message, and our podcast needs to grow. This is the favor I would like every single person listening right now. This week, share this episode with one friend. That's all we're asking you. We're not We're not asking for money this week. We're not even asking for the social media stuff. Just share it with one friend. Show them our logo. Look it up on your phone. You can share the link. Just tell them about it. And spell it out. <laughs> Meant to be outdoors. Make sure they understand it's the number two and the letter B in the middle. Please share the podcast with one friend so they get to hear this message. More people need to be taking their kids camping. We are so thankful for everyone that listened to this episode. Again, please share it with a friend. We will be back next week with a brand new episode. We hope that between now and that time, you remember you are meant to be outdoors. Thank you for listening to the Meant to Be Outdoors podcast, hosted by Brian Hoffmeyer and Ben Brandell. Please help us by subscribing. Also, follow along on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook.